Praise the Lord. Amen. John chapter 20, verse 19 to verse 22. This is our passage, scripture passage for our theme on encounter. Shall we read it together? On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors been locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Our theme this year is an exciting one, a much needed one, and that is an counter. From this passage of scripture for today, I would like to talk about and share with you on encounter God. When we talk about encounter, we are basically talking about an encounter with God. That encounter is so very vital in our life. In fact, that is what all of us need. In the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our enthusiasm perhaps, and even passion, it is so easy to miss out this very, very important aspect of life. And that is an encounter with God. When you have that encounter with God, just one encounter with God, your life will never be the same again. Do I hear an amen on that? Truly, in all, it, all it takes is just one encounter with God to know that God is real, God is faithful. God is who He, he says He is. And so you find that many people in the Bible have had that encounter with God in different circumstances, in different situations, and their life were never the same again. What does encounter with God mean when we talk about encounter with God? What does it entail? What does it require? What are we talking about when we talk about encounter with God? When we talk about encounter with God, there are four special areas. At least from this text, there are more, I'm sure, but from this text itself that we have just considered just now, there are four areas that unfold before us whereby each one of us can have that encounter with God. Firstly, it's in the area of encountering or experiencing His peace. Everybody, uh, sorry, His presence. Everybody say presence. The presence of God. When we talk about encountering God, we are talking about experiencing His presence. Look at what the scripture says. Jesus came and He stood among them. This is not the spirit of Jesus. This is not a ghost. Jesus appeared before the disciples for the first time after His resurrection. 
This is the first time that the disciples uh, experienced uh, or encountered Jesus Christ in his post-resurrection appearance. So Jesus came and stood among them, and he gave them the greetings, peace be to you. And then after that, the Bible says that he shows them his hands and his side to show, to reveal who, that, that it is really him, that he's real. And look at the re reaction of the disciples. Disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They had an encounter with God. That encounter that took away their fear. They were behind locked doors. Remember we said last week, they were behind locked doors. So insecure. And yet that one encounter with Jesus, disciples were glad when they had that encounter with God. And it took away all their fears, apprehension, gave them new boldness and inspiration even to walk with Jesus Christ. Encounter. Experiencing the presence of God. Now, some of us wonder, oh, I wish that I, 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 I'm with the disciples in that room whereby I can really see Jesus. But when you talk about the presence of God, whereby you can experience His presence, what do we mean? Now, of course, there is, first of all, the omnipresence of God. You all know that God is omnipresence, right? God's omnipresence means He is everywhere. Right? Omnipresence means He is everywhere. You cannot hide from the presence of God. That's why the psalmist says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in show, you are there. Everywhere, you are there, oh God. So God is everywhere. Omnipresence. You cannot hide from the presence of God. Sometimes some people in frustration, desperation, in a, des in a difficult situation, you know, place in a difficult place, they say, oh, I am in a God-forsaken place. I can tell you there is no place that is God-forsaken. God is everywhere. So we know that, all right? And, and, and uh, we acknowledge that. Even the atheists and even the unbelievers you find that, uh, although some may deny it, but they cannot run away from the fact that it is God's created world and He is everywhere. But then, it is not just a general presence of God everywhere that we are talking about. There is such a thing as God's manifested presence. And this is very important. Many of us miss out on that point. God, I want to experience your presence how? Many times God manifests His presence. Not just in a general way, in a natural way. I see the stars. I know God is present. The Creator is present. But here God really shows and reveals Himself to you. And so here we have in Genesis chapter 28, an encounter of Jacob. His first encounter with God. Now Jacob, as you know his story, he's a scoundrel. All right. Although, although uh, uh, his father uh, 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 Isaac and uh, mother Rachel, they are they are godly people, you know. And yet, but this son, 
You know, he's, he's a scoundrel. He cheats, he lies. You know, he will do anything. You know? But one day, while he, while he, had to, he was forced to leave home, right? because he cheated his brother Esau of the birthright. And Esau was out to kill him. So the mother suggested, suggested you know, hey, you better, you better go away. I do not want to lose both of my sons in a fight, you know. And so uh, 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 Isaac sent him off, you know, uh, and it was kind of abrupt. So he had to leave his place, Beersheba, and go to Haran, where uh, Rachel's brother was, that is uh, 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 Jacob's uncle. And so along the way, he was alone. He was lonely. He was, he was desperate. He was a fugitive. Behind him was Bathsheba. Ahead of him was Haran. Behind him was Esau, his brother, who was out to kill him. Ahead of him was Laban, his uncle, who was out to exploit him. And Esau was like an angry lion waiting for his moment to pounce on Jacob. And Laban, his uncle, was like a spider weaving his web to suck the life out of Jacob. Behind him was a death camp. In front of him was a hard labor camp. So he was caught you know, in a very difficult situation. So that night, at a place called Luth, he set up not even a tent. He just picked a rock and he wanted to sleep for the night. No friends, no money, no, no family members, not even a pillow. You have to sleep on a rock on the, on, on the ground. But guess what? In that desperate, difficult situation, God appeared to him. God manifested his presence to Jacob. He had that encounter with God for the first time. And God manifested His presence. How? In a dream. God appeared to him in a dream. And in a dream, he saw a ladder that was going up to the, to the heaven. Angels were ascending and descending. And on top was the Lord God Almighty Himself who declared His greatness. And when Jacob woke up, this is what he said in verse 16. And Jacob awake out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Wow. Perhaps he was trembling. He had never encountered God before. And he knew this place is not an ordinary place. And he was afraid and he said, how dreadful is this place. Dreadful doesn't mean frightening, but just how reverence, you know, because it's holy. How reverence is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And it is the gate of heaven. He suddenly realized the manifestation of God in His glory, in His presence. And there was a gateway of heaven. That's the first time that the word gateway of heaven is shown or, or, or is used here. And according to the law of first mention, it's very important because other passages in Scripture begin to reveal what more of this gateway of heaven is. 
But for a man who had never encountered God, suddenly have this revelation and manifestation of God, it blew his mind. In fact, it, blew, it blows away a lot of our theology. And people have said that, you know, the gateway, what is the gateway of heaven? It is the portal of heaven, between heaven and earth, where the presence and power of God is so powerful and God breaks through. Some scholars call it the thin places, T-H-I-N, very thin places between heaven and earth. And communication and connection between heaven is so easy in that place. In other places, it may be a bit difficult, but God chose that thin, thin places to reveal to Jacob the gateway of heaven, and he called that place Bethel, the house of God. The manifestation of God. God sovereignly manifested His presence. And friends, God can manifest His presence anywhere, anytime, unexpectedly. Are there any conditions laid? We do not know. Yes, we, we say that yes, we have to pursue after God's presence. We have to desire after God's presence. But this manifestation blows our mind because Jacob wasn't looking for it. Jacob wasn't expecting it, but God revealed himself. And this is the manifestation of God. God revealing himself and his presence, and it's powerful. But the problem with many of us is this. When God reveals himself, what happens? Surely the Lord is in, is in this place, and I knew it not. That's our problem. God many times has manifested His presence and we are not aware of it. We do not know it because we are looking for something else. We think that God must manifest His presence in this manner, in this way, at this time. God cannot be put into a box. His presence is more powerful than anything. Amen? God chose to manifest himself in a dream, as in this case. Many times he manifests himself in angels, angelic manifestation, sometimes in a vision. And so this is a particular manifestation of God, and throughout history we can find that God has manifested himself in different ways at different times. And it is powerful. We can, we, can, we can experience the manifestations of God. Many times, even in our worship itself, the manifestation of God can happen. While people are worshiping the Lord, there have been many accounts of how people have, were able to see angels surrounding even, even the, 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 the saints of God as they worship Him. That's why we are going to place a lot of emphasis on worship in the coming days, to usher in the presence of God. And many times in the ministry of the Word of the Lord, people have seen the manifestation of God. In the last two or three years, how many people have come up to me and said, Pastor, while you were preaching, we saw, I, I saw angels behind you. I say, wow, that's wonderful. I wish God would open my eyes and I can see, then I can preach more powerfully. I did not see it, but people have said they have seen it. Manifestation. This is real, brothers and sisters. We cannot detain it, but it's there. And it has happened again and again and again. 
And many times you find that it happens usually at a time of acute needs. Acute needs, great needs. As when Jacob was really desperate, he really needed God. He did not know it, but God was the only answer. And the church, when we are desperate, God, we need a revival. God manifested His presence in a revival and great move of God. Manifestations in different ways, healing, deliverance, and we, we, we cannot just limit God in any way at all. But it is real. You and I can experience it at, as well. But that's not the only way that God manifests Himself. There is also the abiding presence of God. We are not here to just look for manifestations, you know, and just this sign, that sign, and all just running all over the place where we hear about manifestations of God. No, no, no. We are not supposed to do that, God, because actually, you know, you, 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 you will not be able to follow God in that manner. But what is important is also God's abiding presence. Where He, has, uh, he chose to abide in us. As he said in John chapter 15, verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. Hey, when he says that, that means his presence is in us. We are in him and he, he is in us. Do you know that Christ's presence is inside each and every one of us? You don't have to keep, you know, you hear about the Christ manifestation here or there. Jesus says, in the last days, that's what people will do. Here is a Christ. There is a Christ. He said, don't keep running after all of these things. Christ is in you and we are in Christ. Amen? Abide in me and I in you. The Apostle Paul recognized that. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I have the abiding presence of God. You have the abiding presence of God. Those who confess in the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is, what do you do? Do you, how, we are not, when we say about the abiding presence of God, we are not talking about, well, I, I must always be feeling on top of the world. If I have the presence of God in me, I must be always on top of the world. Not necessarily. And sometimes you do not even feel it. Wow, Christ in me, I'm very powerful. Huh? But why am I feeling so depressed? Why am I feeling so frustrated? It doesn't mean that you will be on top of the world all the time. The presence of God is not just based on feelings. This is a spiritual aspect also. I think I, what, I like what this old saint says in his book, or, 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 or wrote in his book, you know, Brother Lawrence, he talked about practicing the presence of God. What we need is to not just run in everywhere to look for the presence of God, because it's in us already. But the, our problem is we do not know how to practice the presence of God. We keep Wanting that feeling, that feel-good factor in the presence of God. No. I mean, of course, you will, you will feel all, all of that. But the main thing is learning to practice the presence of God. In the morning, wake up, just meditating on, reading and meditating the Word of God. That is already practicing the presence of God. Allowing God to speak to you through His Word. 
In the morning when you seek His face, in your time alone with God, you are practicing the presence of God. And the closer you are with God, the, the more that you know that He's there. He's there. All right? And uh, the assurance is there. As He Himself has promised, I will be with you always, even till the end of the age. Presence of God. There's so much we can talk about the presence of God, but one, there are many other important areas here. So the, the presence of God is Jehovah Shammah. Look at how the book of Ezekiel ends. After all the wheels, you know, they turn around, you know, and all the, all the different creatures that were, that were inside the book of Ezekiel and the woes and all that, finally he ended with just this verse, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. That's how the book of uh, Ezekiel ended. Rather than the, like the, unlike the book of Genesis, it ended with a coffin. Book of Genesis ended with a coffin. But book of Ezekiel ended with Jehovah, Shammah, the Lord who is there. The Lord is with us. Amen. The Lord is here with us. Hallelujah. Many times people say God is nowhere. I can't feel Him. I can't see Him. God is nowhere. Just shift a little bit the word nowhere. And it becomes God is now here. He is now here. As the song says, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Oh yes, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Friends, Encountering God, experiencing His presence. His presence will be with us for this new year. Amen. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be fearful. He has promised us the manifestation, the abiding presence of God, and He will be with you who will grant you the victories in every area. His presence will keep you from all harm, from all danger. His presence is assured to every child of God. You are His and He is yours. He is mine. So no matter what happens, the presence of God is with us. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. When we talk about encountering God, we are also talking about experiencing His peace. Verse 19, Jesus appeared to them and said, Peace to you. And then after that, wow, there was a lot of reaction. You know, he showed his hands, and then, and then the disciples, I think, I think they celebrated his presence. That's what we need to do. We celebrate the presence of God. All right? But after the celebration and this and that, you know, and it took a while maybe, you know, because the Bible says they were very glad when they saw Jesus. Maybe after that, Jesus said, okay, you know, when things quieted down, continues. Verse 21, and Jesus said to them again, second time, in that one encounter, second time he says, Peace be with you. Of all the things that Jesus said, the first word that he said is, Peace be with you. Now, of course, we know that that is a common Jewish way of greetings. Peace be with you. How are you? Have you eaten? Uh, that kind of thing. Just normal greetings. Hi. You know. But it is a very powerful one. It is not just a normal way of greetings. But when he said the second time, peace be with you, 
He's pronouncing His blessings. The blessings that God wants to give to us. More than anything we can ever ask for is the peace of God. Chinese New Year coming, what are you asking for? What are people looking for? Peace, prosperity, money, blessings, all kinds of things we want, right? But God will only give us one thing. After His resurrection, He, he left them one thing, the most needful thing, the thing that covers everything. Because the, the word peace comes from the word shalom. Everybody say shalom. Shalom, peace. Peace be with you is shalom alakem. Peace be with you. What does the word shalom mean? Shalom. The word encompasses the idea of good health, both physical and spiritual. It also expresses a profound well-being. You are totally well. Right? You are totally well. It denotes wholeness or completeness, fullness of every possible good. That means you, are, you, you, you experience fullness and goodness to the highest level. In other words, when you have the peace of God, counting everything included. The peace of God includes everything, every blessings that He can ever give. A complete blessing. You see, shalom is not just the absence of war. Shalom is not just no worries, no anxieties. Shalom is not the absence of something, but rather it is the presence of the fullness of God and His blessings. The blessings of a benevolent God, the blessings of a God who loves us so much that He would not withhold anything. And He said, Shalom. One word covers everything. So it's a very, very important word. Turn to your neighbor and say, Shalom. <clears throat> it's good when you greet one another. Shalom. Now we understand how powerful it is. That's the best blessing that you can give to anybody. It's even included in the Aaronic blessings. You know, Aaron and the priests were asked to pray for the people of Israel in this manner. Bless the people of Israel in this manner. Special instruction was given, with specific words given. And they were to pray this way, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 to 27. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. His shalom. More than anything else, <coughs> His shalom. And there was a man who did not have the peace of God because the land was invaded by the Midianites. And the Israelites were oppressed for years under the rule of the Midianites. And the man was Gideon. And then there was a manifested presence of God to Gideon. God manifested his presence while he was working. Again, here in unexpected places. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, healed him, 
And after that, Jehovah said to Gideon, Peace be with you. Again, hear the pronouncements of the shalom of God. Do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. In the book of Ezekiel, is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. But Gideon here says, The Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. He recognized the Lord is my peace. And that's a peace that Christ leaves for each and every one of us, even as He has pronounced it even upon the disciples. But earlier on, He says in John 14, 27, Peace I live with you. My peace I give you. You know the kind of peace that Jesus has? What kind of peace is that? You can, you can sense that kind of peace when he was in the boat. There was a storm. The disciples were frightened. And what was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. Bible says he was sleeping. Now, only a peaceful man can sleep through a storm like that. The disciples would say, Hey, Master, wake up! Don't you care for us? Jesus says, My peace I give to you. The kind of peace that is not shaken by any troubles, by any storms in the world. The kind of peace that is not troubled by anything that happens, no matter what. Because you know the presence of God is with you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And this peace that Jesus gives us is not just occasionally, when, whenever you need it, okay, here's peace. And then after, no more. Ah, okay, you need it again here, another dose of peace. No, the peace is with us. All right? Every moment of the day, we can experience the peace of God. It's not to be removed. It's, it's given, it's deposited. It's, it's the blessings of God. Paul also says in Philippians 4, 6-9, Do not be anxious about anything in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the shalom of God, which transcends all understanding. Really. The peace of God transcends all understanding. You cannot fathom it because it covers everything that you ever need already. More than anything else, seek for the peace of God. Ask for the peace of God. And He has already given to us. He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we do not have peace, you find that, you know, uh, our hearts are troubled. It's, it's very hard to sleep. It's very hard to do anything. You know, because you are constantly thinking about it. Your, your heart and your mind are torn in so many different directions. That's why we need the peace of God even in this world that we are living in, especially. Shalom. Turn to your, the other neighbor and say, Shalom. Shalom, Shalom, Shalom. Amen. When we talk about encountering God, we're talking about experiencing His purpose. Experience His purpose. As the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. Lord, are you sure? The disciples were behind locked door. Yes, in the beginning they were afraid. But after they have encountered the Lord, 
I think they say, let's remain here in this room. It's so wonderful. The presence of God is with us. The peace of God is with us. Let's remain in this room. But before long, in just a few moments, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The disciples were already comfortable in the room then. We are not behind locked doors. But here, many times, we are already comfortable with what the Lord is doing and how the Lord has blessed us. But before you can settle in, settle down, God says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Maybe the disciples say, Lord, I, we are not sure whether we are ready for this or not. It's a hostile world out there. They just kill you. They just crucified you. They are still after us. I don't think we are ready to go out to the hostile world. Now, the worst time to preach the gospel was then. It was then the worst time. They have just crucified the Lord three, three days ago and now been sent, thrust out to the pack of wolves. Lord, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's wise. And knowing the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, perhaps some of us say, Lord, I, I, I don't think I can, I can take that kind of a life. You don't even have a place to lay your head. But Jesus says, I'm sending you. I am sending you to continue my ministry. I am sending you to finish the job. Finish the task. That's what Christ has sent them out to do. And guess what? He's still saying the same thing to us today. As my Father has sent me, I am sending you. And early on, he has already said in John chapter 17, verse 18, in the Message Bible, or in the Message Bible, it says, in the same way that you gave me a mission, the Father gave the Son the mission. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. Wow. Everybody say, I have a mission. Yes, God has just given you a mission. This applies to all of us here. There's so many people who are aimless, living aimless, purposeless life. So they think that by accumulating, accumulating these and by achieving that, they will have that purpose fulfilled. At the end of it, it's still empty. But God says, I'm giving you a mission. What is that mission? Of course, in this context, Jesus is sending up in the proclamation to, to Jesus is sending them out to proclaim the good news. For this reason he came. To finish a task. We must preach the gospel of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ to everybody. All of us have this mission. It's not just to selected few people. All of us owe the debt of love to everybody who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, David had a purpose. David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep and was laid with his fathers. 
Acts 13, verse 36. David had a purpose from God. He fulfilled it. Each one of us have a purpose from God. So therefore, the book of Ephesians says, do not be foolish, but understand <coughs> what the Lord's will is. What is God's purpose? He wants every one of us to be the soul of the earth and to be the light of the world. He says, let your light so shine so that the Father may be glorified. Jesus, at the end of his ministry and, and, and days, he says, Father, I have glorified your name and I have finished the work you have given to me. Let's glorify the Lord wherever he sends us. Amen? <clears throat> you know, into the marketplace, into the highways and byways, into the homes, into the schools, wherever he's sending us. Each one of us may have a different calling and purpose. But it's great. You can seek the, 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 the face of the Lord and say, Lord, what is your plan for my life? God has already said, I have a plan. I have a future for you to bless you, to use you. God wants to use every one of us. Let's seek his face and his purpose and walk in it. Finally, encountering God means experiencing his power. Everybody say power. Power. And encountering God means experiencing his power. So Jesus breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the power of God. He breathed on them. The breathing is first recorded for us in the book of Genesis. When God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he became a living soul. That's where life is, in the breath of God. If God is to withdraw that breath of life from us, we are dead. We are dead. But He breathed and man became a living creature. Job 33 verse 4, that is our Bible reading right now. It says here, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. It is the breath of God that gives me life. In the New Testament, it is a very powerful word, pneuma. The pneuma of God, the breath of God, the Spirit of God gives us life. And God has promised us in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Too many of us try to live our life by our own strength, by our own power. No wonder we, have, we are so frustrated. No wonder there's so little results. But God says you are not to depend on yourself. You have to depend upon the Holy Spirit. And just trust the Lord, even for the power of God to just come even upon you. We need the power of God. During the hot days, like in Australia, they are having extreme drought. Everything is dry. Can you imagine if you are a farmer there in Australia? How do you keep your crops alive and green? It's a lot of hard work. They may have sprinkler system and all that, but you know, you know those of those gardeners here, you know that during the hot season, just to water your plants, you may have just a small plot of land just to keep on watering the plant every day. It takes a lot of time. And the bigger your plot of land is, you have an orchard. Wow, it takes a lot of time. It may take one, two hours, you know, for an acre uh, of, of orchard that you have just to water those plants. 
a lot of resources needed. In the old days, it's even more difficult. They have to bring buckets of water from the streams and carry and water. But guess what? If there is rain, if there is rain, the rain can do in five minutes what it takes you a long, long time, a lot of resources. That's why although we have so much rain nowadays, let's not complain. A lot of people are very happy when rain comes. You don't have to water your plants. God does it for you. And it's the same way when we allow the Holy Spirit, the rain of God to fall upon our lives. Friends, it can accomplish in five minutes what it takes us, five years, 50 years even. We want to see a revival in our land. Rain of God, come down. God can do it. We want to see the salvation, even of our neighbors. How many years have we been praying? Friends, all it takes is an encounter with God. God can appear to them. The Holy Spirit can come down. Let's love God. Let's serve God in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we will be constantly emphasizing on that, friends. Seek for the presence of God. Seek for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you have not been baptized as yet, you know, and uh, surrender to the Holy Spirit. Recognize the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Invite Him. He's, part of, he's, he's your partner. You know, even in business news and discussion, Holy Spirit, help me. How many times before I even enter here, up the pulpit, I have to really cry out, Holy Spirit, anoint, lead, guide your Lord. Every thought, every word. It is the Holy Spirit. I cannot do anything. You cannot do anything. But when the power of God is there, Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to receive all that you have for me. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, encounter God. Encountering God. Experience His presence, peace, purpose, and power. Whatever that you have experienced, I can tell you this, God has more for you. We are at different levels of experience with God. But whatever level you are at, God has more for you. And it is not just an experience, it is a continuous experience. Let's pray. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on anything new and stay connected with us on our social media.